You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. So I want to ask you the question, when you think about knowing Christ, life goal, purpose, the agenda of your life to know Christ, what are things, what are ways, what are methods, what are environments, what is something that you could do that you enjoy that helps you get closer to Christ? Like what, when, when, when we leave here today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into Philippians 3, this famous text, but when we conclude, I, I want you to act, I want it to, act, to actually affect your life, like for you to actually try to change some things, try to adjust some things in order that you might have and I might have a little bit more of this ache, this desire, this kind of fervent cry that we find here in Paul. And I asked that to my kids this week. So I said, what is something where when you do that, you get close to God? Like, you know that the ultimate goal is relationship, but there's, there's these methods or there's a process, there's prayer, there's the Bible, there's a song, there's something that, man, when you fill up your schedule with that, it helps you get closer to God. So that it's not just an, an ambiguous, oh yeah, I know God, or I want to know God, or, or it's written on a banner at Radiant Church, know God. But it's actually a, an adjusting of my life, bending of my time in order to make that goal happen. So I asked that of my kids. My oldest one, 13 years old, he said, I love the prayer meeting. He goes, it's long worship, and I just, I love the prayer meeting. I love to worship God and I just thought, that's my boy. What's up? All right. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. I like that. And then my, my daughter, she's 12. She says, Daddy, I like to just go up to my room and turn worship music up really, really loud and be by myself and just worship God. And, and I thought, oh, yeah, come on. I love that. So the first one likes the corporate prayer meeting. That's a win. Second one is like, it's essentially like I like to go do my own Devo in my room then my little extrovert daughter, 10 years old, my little girl, Addie, she's like, well, daddy, what I like to do is sit around with my friends and talk about Jesus. And I thought, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That makes sense. We like to call that small group. Uh, then my boy, Justice, just looked a little bit like, what are these guys talking about? And he was like, I feel closest to God when you preach, dad. And I was like, you are my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. He got extra ice cream. He got whatever he wanted this week. It's just, it just has this passion that, that Paul kind of just blurts out here. And Philippians chapter 2, you know, we, we, we talk about being humble servants, and, and we talked a little bit about spiritual fathers. And then at the end of chapter 2, it's this, this, this little statement about Epaphroditus, who's this servant who risks his life for the gospel. And then you've got chapter 3, where Paul kind of steps onto the scene, and it's this passion and it's, it's really juxtaposed to what is called the Judaizers. And these Judaizers were people that he called dogs, which that's a strong statement. Which in Overland Park today, if you call someone a dog, it's kind of a nice statement because we have pedicures for dogs and we love them and take care of them. And it's kind of like sweet and, oh, doggy, you know. But it's different 
in that culture, the cultural context, if you were to call someone a dog was about the worst thing you could call someone. I know all the dog lovers just got offended. Don't hate the Bible for that, but that's the way that the context was there. And so actually these Judaizers, what they would do is they would say, all right, not only uh, they've said yes to Christ, and, but now you have to fulfill the old law as well. And so there was this legalistic law that they had to complete. And Paul's bugged by that. Paul's like, no, it's, all, it's, it's faith in Christ. It's Christ alone. It's only Christ. It's not Jesus plus what I got to do. It's relationship. It's Christ. And so he turns around and he calls them dogs. <laughs> and that just makes me like Paul. You know, it's like, he goes, no, no, we're not doing that because he wants to protect the church in Philippi. And he's going, no, it's, a, it's not about that. It's about relationship. And since it's about relationship, I want you to think about how relationships really work so that instead of kind of following Jesus, just kind of being kind of out there and it slowly can become where we just keep a list of rules, I want you to think of what do you do to build the relationships in your life that really have great worth? That's what Paul's saying here. This is nothing compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Because reality is, when it comes to the things that we love, we find a way to do them, right? Golfers figure out a way to golf. Like, it's, if you're a golfer, it's like, you, you, you're going to figure out a way, right? Readers figure out a way to read, right? I mean, name your thing. If you're a sports enthusiast, you're going to watch the, you're going to find a way to watch the game. Trust me, I know. I spent for 15 years, every single fall, we had the same retreat in Winter Park in Colorado, and it was just outside, but it always came down during the OU Texas football game, and for 15 straight years, I found a way. It was called Dino's Bistro in Winter Park, and I snuck away the same way, text everyone, I'll be back in a minute, but what, what, ooh, it's a little bit sinful, but man, no, I mean, it's just, because mm, I'm going to find a way, because I got a little bit of care in there. Here's the reality. I just want you to think in terms of that relationship with Christ. And Paul says, I want to know Christ. Figure out a way to get close. I, I want to know him. I want to, I want to be close to him. And my prayer is that as we conclude, not only would there be an increased ardent desire that says some of that angst that's in Paul that's saying, I want to know Christ. That's the supreme passion of my life. Not only would we possess that, but in addition, there would be a little bit that you would actually take a step. Like you would actually insert something in your schedule or take out, delete something that robs you of affection, that robs you from being close to Christ. One of my heroes is Dick Eastman and he was a friend and uh, he's in his 70s and, and I just love him because he's been, he's got this real relationship with Christ that's so fervent and one of the things that he's done for that is he's fought for spending time alone with God each day. And so for 40 years, he's, he's, just, he's just made it a priority. It's number one on his list. And because of that, he's got all these little prayer journals and his books. And he's got, like, I would spend time with him and, and, and we would talk. And he, he kind of mentored me a little bit. And, and he'd have, like, rubber bands and papers all mixed up in these old books with a Bible with a rubber band all around it and highlighters. And it was just, you know, like, a little bit different than the iPad, you know. And, and, but he... But he had this Bible that he loved dearly 
that kind of was just a way that he would spend time with God. He'd mark up this Bible, and he just told me this story about how, how this, he went to go get it recovered, and this girl said to him, it's not possible. It's going to take two weeks. And he said, two weeks to recover my Bible? And she goes, yeah, it'll take two weeks. And, and he looked at her, and he said, I, I can't wait two weeks. And she said, well, sir, you know, and he was like talking about her like she was this young girl, you know, sir, that's what it takes. And he said, well, I need it tomorrow. She said, it can't be done. It, it, it's just, that, it, it, I mean, we'd have to put you in front of everybody else. And he looked at her and said, oh, it can be done. And she was like, well, uh, and then he looked over and he leans over the table and he says, I'll pay any price. And he had it the next day. And all the millennials are like, dude, just download the app. I mean, what's the deal? Like, what's wrong with you? It's, all you left brain people are like trying to figure out, is that a good plan? Uh, forget. I'm talking about the heart. I want you to get the DNA. Because while his peers are like, I'll figure out, I'll pay any price for a little recreation. I'll pay any price for a little bit of fun. I'll pay any little price for some rest. Here's what he's saying. Man, there's this, there's this passion that exists in me. I'll pay any price. Like, man, I'm, I'm in my 70s. I've been saving some money for a while. And if there's something I care about, I'll pay any price to get that back. And there's something so beautiful in that to me. Because it embodies, I think, what we read in Paul where he says, everything else, everything else is, is rubbish. Because compared to the surpassing worth, the surpassing value, greatness of knowing Christ. And that's really just what I want us to get. I want you to just begin to ask the question, how much of my investment is knowing Christ? Because if I'm honest, I think it's really easy for us to even get a little bit into task. Like, what do I need to do? What, 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 what boxes do I need to check? I prayed a prayer. What do I got to do? And it's not it's not that we intellectually think it, it's that we, with our lives, kind of start to do it. I'm just going to do some, do, do some things I need to do. But the, 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 the engine, what makes it all wonderful is not checking the boxes, doing the stuff, being religious. In fact, that's, Paul's coming against that strong. It's this relationship that he goes, what I want more than anything is Christ. And he lists these things. He says, man, I'm, you want, you want to go toe-to-toe about religious things? I, I come from the right family. Hebrew of Hebrews, tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Pharisee. I was zealous. Hey, I was even, I was even to the point of helping to persecute the church. I mean, I was, I kept all these rules. I was living out the, the Jewish law. And he goes, but there was a day. Where everything changed, Acts chapter 9, where I met a person, where Jesus revealed himself to me. And now I look at all of those religious things, all the things that you guys are striving for, and he says, I call them garbage, dung, loss, all loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. For whose sake I've lost all things. Here's what I want us to get. I think our temptation is to live in a culture where these things are valued 
And so it's easy to find these as kind of identity markers. Look, I'm going to keep the religious list. I'm going I'm to do some of these right things. And, I'm, and it's easy to slowly find identity in the list and the doing of good things. And, and Paul's going, I, I, it's not the list. It's Christ. And here's what's crazy is on the overflow, like you get into the relationship and out of, out of the dynamic of love in the relationship with Christ, man, Paul's laying his life down, but he's not doing it to check boxes. He's doing an overflow of a relationship that's alive in his heart. And I think we do well to come back over and over again and say, I, I want to know Christ. I want my personal friendship relationship with Jesus to be center. And I'll, I'll insert into my schedule, into my life, what whatever I can to try to get as close to God as possible. I, I, I want to know him. I, and I just want that, that resolution to get in us. I think for Paul, when he's, when he's saying, you know, I'm a, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I mean, I come from the tribe of Benjamin. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish I'm all through and through. I think for people that, people that are new to Christ, you know, and like, like you're a hedonist, you're living for self, this idea of finding any identity in any of that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, man, you were once I was a disaster <laughs> and now I'm saved. And so you're just like Jesus, it, it's all Jesus. And so hearing this might not resonate, but I want to go after some of you who grew up in church like I did. I think sometimes it's easy for us, we don't even mean to, that because we got some Christian culture and we grew up in some Christian culture, we got some, some identity wrongs that we just kind of think, well, because, I've, I, I, because I'm in it, I'm, I'm all in. I, 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 mean, I'm, I mean, my parents, I mean, I grew up, in, I, I, I've known this stuff since I was a kid. I, I, I quoted Bible verses. I, I sang the songs. I got joy, joy, joy down in my heart. I, I, I know the stuff. But I just want you to break out of that for a little bit and realize here's Paul and he's going, it's about this, my own, it's personal relationship. It's, it's not about the, the tribe I'm a part of. It's about, I, I met Jesus face to face. I have my own relationship with Christ. And I want to invite you, especially if you're kind of a church kid like me, to think, what does my own relationship with Christ look like? Like, like God doesn't have grandkids. He has sons and daughters. Like, it's not like I'm just in because of who my parents were or are or, my, or how I grew No, no, no. He's going, I, I want to be your father. I want to know you. And so one of the big things you can do is just get really real because this is such a, a well-known idea for us that it's easy to just assume, but I want to inv invite you into thinking, what does it really look like? Like, what does my relationship with God really look like? Because I'll be honest with you, as I was studying this week, I got freaked out by Jesus' words in Matthew 7. Like, I just got freaked out by it. Is that okay to say that? I don't know if pastors can get freaked out. But I got freaked out when I just read, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do the stuff? And yet, and Jesus says, I never knew you. It's about that language of knowing. And I'm, I just, I know this sounds like, I, I don't know if I can confess this, but I just had this moment of like, <gasps> like gasp, like, but God, I, 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 I don't want to be the guy that says, God, I, I started churches. I, 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 I was a youth pastor for like ever. I mean, I, I went on a million retreats, <laughs> hundreds, and then get the, it's not about that. It's about relationship. 
I know you. And man, I just, I just want us to, I just, I, I was thinking about even all the stuff we're doing. And I love doing the stuff. I like, hey, everybody, go to Fast Track, serve, help the kids, da 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 da. And I was just like, but at the end of the day, here's what, here's the goal, here's why, here's everything. Is I just, Paul's just going, compared to, compared to all those things, it's easy to take identity in. And he goes, it's about knowing Christ. And then he just, this phrase where he says, the, the, the word worth caught me, like the surpassing worth, the worth of a relationship. Like what's that relationship worth to me? What's that relationship worth to you? And I was thinking about the reality that we're made for a relationship. That's why, here it is, that's why we exist. Like it's more than just, there's a bigger question than what should I do? There's a bigger question than what's, what's the plan for my life? It's why do I exist? I was made for God. Like I was made to walk in relationship. That's why you're here. Like it's real, we're all jumping in. Let's go. Come on, global, great commission. Let's do it. Let's make disciples of every tongue, tribe, and nation. Hey, let's love people, all that thing. But first and foremost, the number one thing, the reason why I was made is for relationship. Like we look at where everything ends and it all ends in relationship with God forever and ever. And when we read so, I mean, the Old Testament narratives, when we read Jesus, it's this, it's, it's relationship with God is number one. And it's just so easy to become religious but not really have relationship. And so I just want us to get a little bit of what's in Paul today and just kind of come before God and say, all right, God, what are the, what are the things that, that I'm finding my identity in and that, that might be leaving God out. And if it's leaving God out, it's actually, there's actually not much that, God, that Jesus seemed to be really annoyed with more than people that were religious but didn't have relationship. He just seemed so bugged by that. And we get a little bit of it in Paul here. It's just, it's, it's rubbish. And, I, and I, I was just thinking about eternity. I was thinking about, okay, all right, God, I, I'm, I'm here 60, 70, 80, 90 years, however long I'm here. And there is such thing as eternity. And I was just being honest with God. Like, truth is, I, it's easy for me to find identity markers, like what Paul is. Man, I have social status. Man, I got right family. Man, I, 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 pff, I was zealous. I got the right education. And all those things, it's so easy for me to, to, to care about. And I was just, I was just thinking, like, what's going to last, like, like forever? It, it, eventually, that's going to be, it's not going to matter. So I don't know about you, but I, when I was a kid, um, I, I had a problem with loving my trophies. Confession of sin. Um, like I, 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 this is gonna sound bad, but I, I actually was often motivated by wanting the trophy. And um, I tend to do well at getting trophies with little like Holy Spirit doves or crosses on them. Um, I tend to do, fail at like the ones with the football, the basketball, the baseball on it. Um, so, I, so I slowly started to collect these ribbons and trophies. And then I figured out a way, my room, which is a big road, 122nd that went by. And my, my, my room, I had a window with a windowsill. And I, and, and I used to have these trophies over, over here, like over by my bed. But then I figured out if I put them in the windowsill, then everybody who drives by can see my trophies. No lie. 
And there was just something that was part of me that I wanted them all to see my trophies. And so I would put all my trophies in the windowsill just so that everybody mm, that drove by would be like, man, look at the dude with a bunch of cross trophies. Like he's, mm. that's a true story. You know, now I'm in my 40s. And those trophies are somewhere in my attic. And the truth is, is that I know you're going to be surprised. I don't really care about them anymore. Like, it's been 30 years, and I, I, can't, even, I can't even tell you which ones. I mean, I remember some of them, but I'm not, like, walking around, like, welcome to Radiant Church. No, I'm not showing my third grade trophies because that would be weird. Um, because 30 years later, it seems really dumb. Okay, here's the reality. In a thousand years, the, the trophies, let me get the right social status. Let me get the right cars. Let me have people praise me. Let me get all the comforts, all those things will feel like what? Like who cares? Like if 30 years later it's like, ooh, that was such minimal value in a thousand years, <laughs> like when we're in eternity, can you imagine being like, what's up? Here's my, I got my trophy, I got my truck, I was famous, I ate well. It's just all the trophies of wasted life will feel small compared to you are God, you are holy, you are worthy, and I got one shot in life to say how close can I get? How close can I get to God? Like can I know him? If God is knowable and he has created a way through the finished work of Jesus on the cross for you to be close and for me to be close, then there needs to be this passion in us like existed in Paul that goes compared to the surpassing greatness, worth, excellency of knowing Christ, I consider all of that trash. It's just, it's just because knowing him is so much. It's that I'll figure out a way. I'll figure out what... What do I got to delete from my life? Or what do I got to insert? Because I, I want to be close. I want to know him. And that's where Paul goes. In verse 10, that's what he hits real strong. And I see it as just kind of like this resolution where he goes, I want to know Christ. I just picture him in the Roman prison cell. He's already met Jesus. He's not talking about like, like, you know, I want to get saved. He's already, he's already met Jesus. He, he's talking about in the present tense, like here in this prison cell. Now, the present tense, I want to know Christ. He's still pressing. I want to know him. And I, I honestly was undone with that full text. I just, I want to know him in his power. I mean, aren't you at the place where you're like a little bit bored with your own power? <laughs> like a little bit bored with what you can do. No matter how many motivational speakers say, you can do anything, you can do everything. Uh, okay, okay, okay. All we got to do is look at like the last hundred years of history and, and 
people have done some good things, but it's nothing compared to when God is at work. And when you've got the same power that raised Christ from the dead in you, Paul goes, I want to know him. I want to know his power. And then it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild for him to say this. And this is so not our culture, but he goes, I want to share in his sufferings. Aha! We don't, no, Paul, you're out. That's where Americans, we don't go there. Actually, you do. You do for the ones you love. You know it. You've seen it. You've seen the the people, the relationship that you love. When they are in suffering, you want to share in it. You've been there. You've done it. When your child is suffering, you've said the phrase, I wish I could do this for you. Why? Because you love much and you're with them and you, and you care about them so much that it's just like, I just want to be close to you. And, and Paul's thinking about Christ on the cross even in his death. And he's just going, oh, he's on this mission to redeem the planet. I, even, I don't mind being in this prison cell. In fact, I, I rejoice. I find joy in this prison cell. I want to share even with him in his I see this, I mean, honestly, she's not in here so I can tell you this story. My wife, Renata, blows my mind with the way that she wants to enter into the suffering of my kids. I'm like, I'm just going to stay sleeping, babe. And she's like, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to take care of them. I'll be up all night. I don't care. I love that. I'm like, you sharing their sufferings, I'll be comfortable here. You know, like, but, but why? What's that in her? It's that I care for them so much. <laughs> just threw myself under the bus. I do care about my kids. Uh, <laughs> but let's take an illustration. Um, she cares. Well, anyway, so it's that, it's that, if you, if it's, it's Paul going, I love him so much. He means so much to me. And this, this taking the gospel to the whole Gentile world, this is what is my calling. Is what, and so be, out of the overflow of knowing Christ, I'm going to join in and even share in his sufferings. And I think, I think all of us know that like, like that kind of relationship is worth everything. That's the kind of relationship with Christ that we want. Like just to have kind of the casual, religious, keep checks some boxes, it's fairly miserable. A few years ago, I went skydiving and uh, went with a big team of people. And <laughs> we got up really early, like three in the morning and drove for a few hours and skydive the Rockies, you know, and it was, so you jump out. It's amazing. You like, you jump out and you see it was awesome. And I was loving it. And we were about to leave and there was this group of about seven people and they, they hadn't jumped. So I went over to him and I was just kind of being jovial and I was like, hey, you got, what's the deal? Are you guys going to jump? And they were like, no, I'm, no, we're, we're, uh, we, we're not going to jump. We're just going to socialize. And here's what went off inside of me. What is wrong with you? We came here to skydive. The reason for this trip was to skydive. The money that we paid was to skydive. That, that jump is pretty amazing. Those mountains are pretty incredible. You're, you're going to go on the skydiving trip. You're going to pay the skydiving fees. You're going to get up at 3 a.m. for the skydiving trip and not skydive. Y'all ain't too bright. You know, like that's, that's what I was thinking. And here's the reality. You're made to know God. That's what we're here for. That's why we exist. The best thing you can do is go, all right.
my God, in the years that I have, man, I'm not content to be far from God. I want to be close. I want to get as close. I want to get as close as I can get. And my prayer is that we would get that language in us. I want to know Christ. My prayer for you is that it would be this relationship that means the world to you. Like this relationship that you'd fight for. Like this relationship that you would sacrifice for. Like this relationship that it's, that's what's going on in Paul. It's this whirlwind of passion that just, just unleashing. I mean, it's just like, whatever it is. I can't consider Alaska part of the surprising grace of my Christ. I mean, it's in there. And, and, and I, was, I was thinking about it this way. In May of 2000, I had a couple big events take place in my life. I graduated from college, and I got married, right? It was a great month. And I got a job, which was awesome. And uh, I was thinking about my approach to college and my approach to marriage. <laughs> Here was my approach to college. What classes do I have to take? Like, you give me the degree plan, I'll take the class, I'll check the box, I'll pay the fee. I want to take as minimal amount of classes as possible, pay as few fees as possible, and get out of there. Give me that degree, and what's up? I'm out. That was kind of, I know that's embarrassing, and I probably shouldn't tell you that, but that was how I saw college, right? I wanted to, I wanted to get going. I wanted to go do ministry. I was like, just, let's get her done, right? But the way that I saw marriage was, hey, you're the most important friendship, most important relationship in my life. And we're going to do life together the rest of our days. And I put you first. And I care about this. And this is not about tasks. This is about my heart. Real simple, but I think for us, oftentimes, our walk with Christ easy to go into college mode. What do I got to do to be okay? What, what advisor? What do I got to do? I got to take what class? Okay. All right. Okay. I got I a busy schedule. I, I, you, you know, I have a life other than this, right? You know that? Okay. Uh, and you look at the advisor sometimes like you look at the preacher. <laughs> what do I got to do? Huh? What do I got to do? And I'm just telling you, that ain't it. It's, man, I want this relationship to be number one. This is the relationship that matters most. So in your life, as you go into this week, I want to invite you to ask the question, okay, God, what can I insert in? I'm going to ask you the same question I ask my kids. What, What can you put in? Like, is it? I mean, just you, like, you, you being close to God, what does it look like? Is it alone with him in the recliner? Is it a Bible, a notebook? Is it Starbucks? Is it serving? Is it just that thing where it's like, I know I, I feel God's pleasure. I'm growing closer to God as I do this thing. This is, I'm, I'm embracing, because it's not about the methods and the mediums, it's about the person. But sometimes Sometimes we say that so we check out and we don't put attention on the ways we get close. Listen, if I don't put attention on talking to Renata, dates with Renata, we slowly grow distant. And I'm inviting you. What are the, what, what, 
What is the Lord inviting you to? Like, hey, come away with me. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Come get close. And maybe even ask the question, what, what robs me of knowing him? What are the things? And I'm not even saying like they're bad things. Some, certainly some of them might be. But even some morally neutral things that are just distraction. And you've got, you've got reasons. Here's the reasons why I'm far from God. No, 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 you want to go, here's, nothing can stop me from knowing him. I, it's the number one mission of my life, far more than anything else. And that gets in you, and you got a little bit of this in you. I'll pay any price. What's it going to take? I want to be close. We bow your heads with me, and let's just pray together. Father, we come to you in the powerful name of Jesus. We want to follow you. We want to know God. We ask that you would draw near to us today. We ask, Lord Jesus, that the same drive and vision and mission that Paul says, I want to know Christ. I just pray that that would be in us, God. Help us. Help us. We need, even the way that you helped Paul, you revealed yourself to him. Reveal yourself to us. Help us. Help us grow closer and closer. Help us not to slowly kind of become just religious people. Help us to be friends of God. Have your way in this house, God. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.